Section 2. The Power Lies in the Gap In our book titled Unwind, Sam Bracken and I introduced you to some incredible ways that you can use Dr. Stephen Covey's Seven Habits to create a stress-free life. Most of that book involved principles presented initially by Dr. Covey that, when lived by, tend to prevent problems. When you live by those principles, you naturally avoid a lot of stress in life. In this stress reduction workbook, we'll touch on some of the powerful ideas in Unwind. I'm going to extend beyond the information in Unwind and go into much more depth about how to prevent stress. So let's get started. From Reactive to Proactive We who lived in concentration camps can remember the men who walked through the huts comforting others, giving away their last piece of bread. They may have been few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken from a man but one thing. The one thing that can never be taken away is the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. Victor Frankl The Reactive Paradigm This way of looking at the world essentially says, external forces dictate my life. I have little or no control over them. Those forces stress me out. The proactive paradigm. This way of looking at the world sounds like this. I dictate my life. No one else does. I choose how I will respond to stressful circumstances. I can choose to feel some other way than stressed. It may seem hard to swallow that you can control your stress, but it is true. As soon as you own that, you'll be amazed at the freedom you have to create your own happiness and peace of mind. In the next little while, I will show you some powerful tools to help you make that happen. Pay close attention. This just might change everything for you. Stimulus, response, and the gap in between. Life happens. Most of the time, you are not able to control or even influence many of life's events. Events over which you have very little, if any, control include things like the weather, the stock market, natural disasters like earthquakes or tornadoes, the information found on television, the internet, radio, or the thoughts, feelings, and actions of other people. Many times you see these things happen, and without thinking, You turn on your stress response as you react to these events. Stimulus Response In psychology, this theory is commonly known as Stimulus Response, or SR. It is as if something pushed your buttons, then seemingly outside of your control, without thinking, you react. In the first workbook, we explored the conditioning that occurs as we experience events throughout our lives. We have acquired and maintained certain attitudes, beliefs, or emotions toward people or things. For example, a person is abused as a young child, and now, as an adult, she is afraid of men. Consciously, she knows that most men are decent and good, but the subconscious program that's running in her subconscious mind says differently, based on the conditioning that took place when she was young. Such is the case for many of our unpleasant emotions. We get told that we are dumb, that we are not good-looking, that we're different, which is the stimulus, and immediately we retreat, we resist, we recoil, we react, which is the response. And we do these without giving a second thought to the reason why. 
This is so common, in fact, that few really stop to question attitudes, beliefs, or emotions. In fact, we're surprised when we see someone who doesn't retaliate with anger when something mean is done. We're surprised when someone isn't offended when a name is called. We can't believe it when someone isn't upset when his or her flight is canceled. Conditioned Beliefs Many people have the mistaken belief that we can't even do anything about our reactions, that we are hardwired to this SR model. We're genetically programmed to be angry, for example. They believe that stressful things happen to us and we can't help but respond in stressful ways. Pavlov's Dog No doubt you recall in your high school or college psychology course a discussion about Ivan Pavlov and his famous experiment with the dog. Ivan would introduce food, the stimulus, and immediately the dog would salivate, the response. This is an instinctive, natural response to the food, an environmental condition. Ivan then introduced a sound, a new stimulus, combined simultaneously with the introduction of the food, the dog still responded with salivation. Finally, he introduced the sound, but without the food. He found that the dog had conditioned itself to salivate to the sound because it unconsciously connected it with the food, even when the food was not present. The dog still salivated to the sound. Since then, psychologists have done many experiments, both with animals as well as with humans, to study this phenomenon. Their conclusion? Your conditioning determines your behaviors. In other words, your conditioning runs your show. To a large extent, they're correct. Even our own experiences seem to support this belief. Imagine yourself driving in your car, minding your own business on your way to work. How would you react if you looked in your rearview mirror and noticed a police car behind you with its siren blaring and lights flashing? What would be your likely immediate response to this situation? If you are like most people, you begin feeling anger and frustration and you become upset that you are being pulled over. We have many patterns of behavior, conditioned responses, that run on autopilot and don't serve us very well. For example, when someone yells obscenities at us, we immediately get defensive, angry, and offended. When driving behind a slow driver or when someone quickly cuts in front of us, we tend to get irritated or upset. During a class or meeting, we tend to get impatient or bored when the speaker goes overtime. The feelings we create based on our reactions to these events are conditioned or learned. They are not inherited tendencies. We don't inherit angry, bored, or easily offended genes. For example, you're not offended because of something another person says or does. That person does not have that power. You have chosen to feel offended or to not feel offended. If you feel bored while listening to someone, you don't feel that way because of what the person is saying. You're bored because you have chosen to be bored. If you change your thoughts about the situation or change what you're thinking about during this presentation, the feeling of boredom disappears. We are not programmed at birth to respond with an automatic emotion when something happens in our environment. We have learned to respond in these ways through training and by modeling others. This is both good and bad news. 
The bad news is that at some point we have all learned negative ways of reacting to specific stimuli. Unless you are aware of this conditioning and you do something to change it, you'll thoughtlessly react in the same way that you learned. You may have never considered the possibility that you can respond to any situation in a completely different way. Most of the time, people respond to situations automatically without considering the possibility that they can actually react to it differently. Recall what I mentioned in the Science of Stress workbook. Your feelings are always preceded by your dominant thoughts. Change your dominant thoughts and you'll immediately change your feelings. You are always responsible for how you think and consequently how you feel. So the good news is that if you have learned a particular response to an event, you can also unlearn it. We as conscious human beings have the capacity to take responsibility for our thoughts and immediately put ourselves in control of how any situation will affect us. It is possible to decide to not have that button pushed when something happens. You can do this when you realize that what you think is entirely up to you. It is your choice in any situation. You have the power to choose your response to what is happening. The Gap We can take our SR model, separate the stimulus from the automatic response, and realize that there is a gap in between. In this gap, the space between the stimulus and response, you have the power to place something that will transform your reaction. You have the power to choose a different thought, a different interpretation, a different perception than the one you've been conditioned to give and place it smack between the stimulus and response. The power to choose your own response is your greatest power. This power to place in this gap any thought that you choose creates a new, empowering, freeing model that looks like this. Stimulus, then comes the gap, which is your choice, which leads to a better response. Remember, whatever thought you put in the gap is based entirely upon how you choose to interpret it. As I mentioned before, the actual event doesn't cause stress. You are stressed by the way you interpret what is taking place. If this is true, how could you interpret the situation of the police officer driving behind you differently? How could you choose another thought to put into the gap? What could you say to yourself about this situation so that you understand it without activating the stress response? You might think something like, This police officer is protecting everyone's safety and has noticed that I'm doing something potentially dangerous. I'm being stopped to keep me from harming someone else. I'm grateful for police officers. Alternatively, you could see the police officer as a person who is just doing his job in the best way that he can. You could say he's working hard to do his job in the best way he knows how. These interpretations may seem strange or unlikely as you hear them right now, but that isn't important. The key point is that you decide how you want to interpret the event. You have the ability to choose to interpret each of life's events any way you want. In so doing, you also decide whether you set the stress response in motion or you remain balanced. This understanding is useful in practically any situation where you find yourself starting to feel stressed. 
Let's return to our drive through the mountains that we talked about in the Science of Stress workbook. Imagine that you are driving down a road in a hurry to your destination. This winding road takes you through some mountainous area. You approach a car driven by a very calm old man who is in no hurry whatsoever. He is out on an afternoon drive, thoroughly enjoying the scenery. But you are still in a rush and need to get to your meeting, and there are no places where you can safely pass him. He doesn't notice you because he is so focused on the beautiful scenery. His stereo is turned up, so he can't hear you honking at him. Usually in these situations, you would become frustrated. You might notice your heart rate increasing and your muscles tense in your arms, face, and shoulders. You might start slamming the steering wheel with your hands and your face would probably turn various shades of red. Is it possible for you to interpret this situation differently so you don't activate the stress response? It must be possible because not everyone behind slow-driving old men have the same response, no matter how late they are for the important meeting. You aren't restricted to one single response to the situation. It will always depend upon how you decide to view the event. How could you interpret this event differently? There are many interpretations you could have that would not initiate the stress response and cause this inner imbalance. You could say that this person is probably saving you from getting a ticket because you would have very likely been speeding to your destination. That would be worse than being late. You could also have the dominant thought that this is another excellent opportunity to see all the beautiful views you usually miss when you drive too fast. The way you interpret the situation doesn't necessarily even have to be true or accurate. You could make up the circumstances to mean anything you like. You could pretend that this person is the President of the United States and you are a Secret Service agent assigned to follow and protect him. However silly this may seem, it emphasizes this important point. You must understand that you can choose how you interpret every event. Given that choice, you have total control over how worked up you will or will not get, and whether or not you will experience the ill effects of the activation of the stress response. Remember, feelings, including stress, follow your thoughts. And if you don't have the threat thought, you won't have stressful feelings. My family and I had an interesting occurrence that clearly demonstrated how dramatically our interpretations can immediately affect our emotional state and how quickly we can change our dominant thoughts. One Saturday afternoon, we arrived at the field of our daughter's soccer match. Uncharacteristically, one of the referees was late. Play could not proceed without him. As time passed, the parents became more and more angry. Someone would complain about how disrespectful this referee was, and another would say she had better things to do than wait for him. The tension was growing by the minute. Some of the parents were planning to let him know how upset they were when he actually did arrive. Others made plans to contact his supervisor to make sure he never worked another soccer game again. Interestingly, the kids warming up on the field waiting to play the game didn't seem to mind a bit that the referee was late. As the frustration continued to grow, one of the other referees received a phone call from the referee who was late. His son had been in a terrible car accident, and he needed to attend to that situation before coming to the game. He was hurrying as fast as he could, 
but the seriousness of the accident made him unable to get to the game any sooner. He asked the other referee to apologize to all of the parents for the delay. An amazing thing happened when we heard the news of this man's situation. A collective and instantaneous change took place among the parents sitting in the stands. What had previously been feelings of anger and frustration immediately turned to feelings of love and concern for this man and his son. To a person, the collective anger instantly turned into a common desire to help him in any way possible. The switch was immediate and powerful. It was amazing to watch how quickly the sentiment changed toward the referee. The only thing that was different for everyone in attendance was the way they were interpreting what was happening. They had changed what they had put in the gap, thereby also changing the response. The truth is, we could have interpreted the event that way in the first place. Instead of choosing to assume that this guy was rude and irresponsible, we could have assumed that he was a nice person and something serious had happened to keep him from coming. Thinking that way in the first place would have kept us from being upset and turning on the stress response.